That was powerful. My God, let's give them another hand. You know, on a spiritual note, it was very powerful. I leaned over to my wife and I'm like, you don't pull that off without a whole lot of work. And uh, that was beautiful, just musically, uh, spiritually. They took us from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament and, uh, and reminded us that there is no giant that is too big for God. There is no weapon formed against us that will prosper. There is no sickness that God cannot overcome. There's no difficulty that he cannot walk us through. Let's give him praise. Amen. Well, I would imagine that Pastor Wayne is either listening in or watching right now. And uh, we want you to know, Pastor Wayne and Sharon, we uh, love you. We're praying for you and believing that the Lord will not only work miracles here today, but that he will heal you and minister to you as well. Let's let him know we're praying for him. You know, I have just a real excited sense about what God wants to do today. We're in a series on miracles at Victory. And we have been praying, and many of you have been believing that God is going to work a miracle in your life. And I believe that he is able to do that. And I believe that he's able to do that in a powerful way. We serve a God of miracles, a God of greatness. Uh, it's great to have my wife, Pamela, here with me. We just got back from doing a couples uh, conference. And so we've spent a couple of days talking about marriage and getting along and working through uh, opportunities of marriages, challenges of marriage and all that. So we've had a, a great time, but it's so good to be able to be here with you today. You know, I like to think of faith as the God magnet inside of us, like something that God has given us that is magnetized towards him, that draws us closer to him and him closer to us. The Bible says we have been saved through, by grace through faith. And that that is not of ourselves, but it's a gift of God. So in other words, you may be here and say, I have great faith. Whatever faith you have, small, mediocre, or medium, or great, whatever faith you have, it's a gift that God has given you. He's put it inside of you and me. And you know, over the years, I've had some questions about faith, you know, and how does it work? Uh, how do we trust God? How do we believe God? There have been days when I've wondered, Lord, am I showing enough faith? Am I using my faith in the right way? But I've come to believe something. You know, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could speak to a mountain and it would be moved. So I believe the point of that is it's not how much faith you have, it's where you place your faith. It's the one that you place your faith in. Uh, how many of you grew up in areas where lakes could freeze so solid you could walk on them? Yeah, they would turn to ice. There are places up in, uh, you know, northern United States where people actually do ice fishing. You know, they, they get their joy out of taking a little uh, shed, putting it over a lake, drilling a hole, and sitting there for hours shivering to death with a thermos of coffee, you know, and and uh, some, some of them maybe a couple of other beverages with them and, and uh, just waiting for a fish to bite that little hook. Well, when you look at ice and you're a kid and you think, wow, let's go walk on the lake. Do you think it's frozen enough we could walk on it? Well, you could have a little bit of faith, but if it's the middle of winter and that lake is like two feet frozen, you could be shaking and walk on it. You're good. You're good to go. You could have very little faith, but you're good because the ground or the ice underneath you is solid. But you could have all the confidence in the world and the ice is thin and you could walk out on it and you're going down. <laughs> you're going down. So it's not your faith or how much you have. It's where you and I place it. So Jesus says that today, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible through him, by him, for him, and because of him. So there's a, there's a story in Matthew's gospel I want to look at today, Matthew 9. 
Uh, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Right after the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 8 and 9, where we're told multiple stories about Jesus' power to heal. One of them is this story, chapter 9, verse 27. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, Do you believe? Uh, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this, but they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. Short story, but what a powerful story. What a powerful story that Jesus healed these blind men. Don't you love the part that he healed these blind men and he said, oh, by the way, don't tell anybody that I did this. Can you imagine spending your whole life blind and Jesus heals you like, don't let anybody know. I sort of think it shows that Jesus had a sense of humor. You know, you go from darkness to light, from sick to healed, and he says, oh, by the way, don't tell anybody that I just gave you eyesight. There's no way not to tell people. They immediately went out and began to tell people. You can't hold that news back. Certainly, Jesus knows about the fullness of time and when he wanted to reveal more of himself. And we know that he walked in humility. He wasn't out to bring attention to himself, but to reveal the Father to you and me. So when you look at this thing called faith, I've had questions about it. Number of questions about faith, about faith, how it works, about my own faith, about uh, how we're to use faith, what role does it play, what place does it play in our lives. But I've come to believe that the most important thing about you and me and our past and our future is our faith. It's our faith. Because if you've been hurt in the past, it takes faith to get over that hurt. If you have hopes for the future, it takes faith to believe for those hopes, especially when you can't see. Especially when you feel like these blind men felt that you just can't see the will of God. You can't see what he has next. You can't see what he has planned. Or you're walking through a hurt or a sickness or a challenge or a financial difficulty and you can't see why God would let you walk through that right now. And you feel like those blind men and you're looking for Jesus. You're following him, but you can't see. You're like, I believe Jesus is there, but I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm longing. Your faith will affect your future growth as an individual. Your faith will affect your future effectiveness for God. The parents and grandparents that are here, your faith will affect your legacy. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Faith is like a baton that you want to pass from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. God calls us to do that. When you become a parent, you have this sense of responsibility to pass that on, a need to do that, a desire to do that. But faith will also determine a place in heaven. We don't earn it, but Jesus gives us faith and he says, if you use it, you place it in me, nothing is impossible. Forgiveness is possible. If you're full of bitterness, forgiveness is possible. If you're full of sickness, healing is possible. If you're full of financial difficulty, provision is possible. If you're full of uncertainty, guidance is possible because all things are possible through Him. But your faith is so important. And you might ask, well, what is faith? What would you say faith is? You know, uh, if if you were one of my classes at Southeastern right now, I'd tell you, pull out your journals. Some of you will remember me doing this. Pull out your journals, and uh, I'm going to give you two minutes to write a definition of faith. And then we're going to go around the room. We're going to get in groups, talk about it. And then we're going we're to get an idea, what is faith? We're going to look at Scripture. We're going to learn more about what is faith. Well, don't worry, I'm not going to have you do that today. But I do want to ask you for a moment to think about that. What is faith? 
Does faith have to do with the denomination that you belong to? Oh, I'm of this faith, or I'm of that faith, or another faith. I'm Baptist, United Methodist, Roman Catholic, Assemblies of God, Church of God, Foursquare. Is that the primary focus of your faith? Or maybe faith says, you know, because of faith, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe that there's a God. But that's not even the faith that Jesus was talking about, not just believing that there is a God. Well, you say, well, I know what it is. It's believing in God. That's good, but that's not close enough. Jesus had a different definition of faith, and we see it in the way he functioned and what he called people to. Faith is more than believing in God. Faith is believing that God can do anything right here and right now. Faith is believing that God can do anything right here and right now. I'm yet to find the person with a need that Jesus said, well, I'm sorry to hear about your need. I'm going to add it to my prayer list. Have a good day. We'll be keeping you in prayer. You'd be comforted. You will be keeping you. No, he was like, no. Do you believe that I can heal you right now? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I do. And he touched them. And he said, your faith has made you whole. Faith is not believing in God. It's not even simply believing what God can do. It's believing that God can do anything right here and right now. That is faith. Now faith, now faith is what Hebrews 11 talks about. This substance, this evidence of believing and hoping and trusting God is something he's given us. When, uh, when I was in uh, high school, the year before I became a Christian, um, I got into some bad behavior. I uh, hung out with a lot of the wrong people. Um, I had a bad habit of cutting school without my parents knowing about it. So students, cover your ears. Um, my sophomore year, I went through the typical kind of trying to find out who you are, feeling some frustrations in life. and you know, trying to want to be with the right friends and all that kind of stuff. And my mother was a teacher. I would walk up the hill to my high school. She would leave in the car. I would wave. And then I would either go home or go somewhere else. And I somehow managed to keep my grades up. But sometimes for two weeks at a time, I would not go to school. I learned how to write excuses to my teachers. I even learned how to forge my parents' signature. Do not listen to what I'm telling you. <laughs> And then one day, my mother picked me up at work, and we got in the car. She said, your dad got a call from your school teacher today. And I thought, uh-oh. And I got home, and my dad let me have it. He didn't hit me. He didn't beat me. I was about his size. But he let me have it verbally, and he said, you know what? The teacher tells me, you've missed, even with your grades being up, you've missed so much school. If you miss one more day, you fail your sophomore year and you don't get to go ahead, you have to repeat yourself. He said, what are you gonna do about that? I said, oh, dad, I said, I'm not gonna get sick or anything. The next week, I got pneumonia. Pneumonia, not a cold, pneumonia. And I had to be out for several days, and the worst part of being out was not being sick, it was realizing that I was not, I was gonna have to repeat my sophomore year. And that, that just killed me inside. But it gave me a lot of time to think about some things. I had a teacher, a biology teacher, that took an interest in me and helped me with my studies. And she lobbied for me with all of my teachers and got, was able to arrange extra work and different things so that I was able to complete my sophomore year. Thank God for devoted teachers. Amen? Amen. You can clap. That's all right. Because there's some here today. She took an interest in my well-being, and she became an advocate for me. And if she had not done that, I would have had to repeat that whole grade. Well, what she didn't know is later that summer, I would be going to Myrtle Beach, to Myrtle Beach uh, Holiday Inn Travel Park, 2,000 campsites in North Myrtle Beach. And my parents said, hey, you can bring a friend this year with you. And we went, and out of 2,000 campsites, we set up our little 19-and-a-half-foot nomad trailer with an awning. And uh, my friend and I have one item on our agenda that week, to meet girls. That we, we were missionaries that, no. <laughs> that was our goal. So the day after we arrived, remember, 2,000 campsites right next to us, 50 Christian kids set up camp right next door to us. 
And my friend and I, when we saw that it was, you know, church groups, we're like, all right, we're out of here. You know, we went to the beach. And these are the Christian kids. These are the weird kids, you know, and we're off to the beach. Well, God has a sense of humor. Uh, my parents sort of adopted these kids. They helped them set up their campsite and all that stuff. But within about a day or two, my friend and I noticed that there were a couple of cute girls in the youth group. So we sort of worked up the nerve to ask them out to a movie. I can still remember sitting under the awning next to our trailer and sitting outside like at a picnic table and working up the nerve to ask them out. But these were clever evangelist teenage girls. They said, oh sure, we'll go out with you, uh, Jim and Robert. I'm on two conditions. One, that we bring some friends along with us to the movie. Oh yeah, no problem. We're thinking a couple of friends, no problem. Secondly, that you come to our campfire tonight, because every night they did a campfire, and I'm thinking kumbaya, you know, and all this. And <laughs> they did a campfire, and, you know, they would meet together and pray and stuff like that that I just wasn't that interested in. And so we went out, and when we got ready to go to the movie, they showed up with about 12 of their friends. There was a whole row in the movie just about filled up, so they were well chaperoned. And then later that night, we went to a campfire. And one by one, these teenagers got up and began to talk about what God had done in their life, the things he had changed, how he'd filled them with hope, purpose. And some of them, what blew me away, a couple of them were like guys that had really cool cars. And yet they're up talking about Jesus unashamedly. That really took me off guard. And that night, God healed me spiritually. Jesus came into my heart and he healed my spirit. I gave my heart to Jesus that night on June 12th. And I praise him for that and he transformed me and I look at my life from as before that time and after that time. And everybody has challenges, I have and still have since then, but something happened in me that night. When I opened my heart to Jesus, I experienced his forgiveness, I was healed spiritually. You see, healing comes in a lot of different ways. And in a few minutes, we're gonna open these altars. And I'm gonna invite you and challenge you to believe God to meet you right here today at the point of your need. But God's able to heal by salvation, by giving our lives to him, our spirits get healed. He made our bodies, he's also able to heal our bodies. He made our minds, our thoughts, he's also able to heal the mind and to calm the mind. And he made our souls, some of you have been hurt by people and things over the years, and you feel like it's wounded something within you, like there's something damaged within you. Jesus is the one that said, come unto me, all you who struggle and are heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. Come unto me, Jesus says. Healing in all kinds of ways. And Jesus is here today by His Spirit to heal. He's here. He's, he's among us by His Spirit to touch and to heal. Well, as I look at this story, these two blind men, there are a few things that stand out to me. One of them, if you're taking notes, one of them is faith starts by believing and following someone you cannot see. Faith starts by believing and following someone you cannot see. Did you notice what the scripture said? Two blind men were following Jesus. Does that strike you as strange? You know, probably one of the most famous blind people in the world is Stevie Wonder, right? Um, incredible musician. But imagine him as a young man, as blind as he is. Two people following Jesus, can't see. So the only way they could follow is if they're holding onto somebody's shoulder, maybe, and they can see it, they're leading them, or they're listening so closely to his voice that they can follow him. And sometimes when you can't see, you can hear. And they followed him, they, they sought after him, they went after him. Blind men following, trying to follow a God they could not, could not see. Could I just say that the blind are always welcomed in the house of God? Amen. That Jesus never rejects a blind person. He never rejects a spiritually blind person. He never rejects a person that is needing guidance. He welcomes it. The Bible says when he looked at the crowds, he was moved with compassion because he saw them like sheep without a shepherd, helpless and harassed. He saw them as victimized by the enemy of their souls who roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Jesus 
loves you. Jesus is for you. God is with you. If God is with you, who can be against you? But I want to remind you that it's not you that Satan's after. He wants to strike at Christ in you. He doesn't want Christ to emerge and live and shine and freely walk through your life. He wants to keep you from experiencing that and to to harass and hound and struggle and stay after and sift you as weed, even as Jesus said to Peter. Faith starts by believing and following someone you cannot see. And remember, faith is more than just believing in God, right? Faith is believing that God can do anything right now. Nothing is too difficult for him. Faith is that. God can do anything right here and right now. Secondly, they had to hear before they would ever see. They had to hear before they would ever see. The Word of God is what nourishes our faith. That faith that you have inside of you, the Word of God is what nourishes it. Uh, Years ago, Pamela, my wife, was going through a, a dark struggle, difficult time. It was a postpartum depression period that she shared about over the weekend. Um, and in the middle of it, she said, things seem so dark and, and so difficult. I was having difficulty finding my way. And she said, the Lord spoke to my heart and gave me a scripture that became a life word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word, think of the blind man. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Suddenly I walked into our home and I started seeing scripture verses like on the bathroom mirror. I, you know, I would go in the kitchen and they're taped up by the sink. I would get on the treadmill. No joke. They're like, you know, scripture verses on the treadmill. I'm like, what are all these verses about here? You know? And uh, she just put the word all around her and it brought her through. It brought her through to a place of healing, to a place of wholeness. The word of God will nurture your faith. Young people that are here, get into the word of God young in your life. Let it saturate your faith. Let it build your faith. You'll be amazed at what you'll see God do. Don't neglect the Word of God. Fill yourself, especially those of you that just got baptized. So excited for all you guys and what God is doing in and through you. We, we just rejoice with all of you. You see, they had to hear before they would ever see because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. You know, we tend to say, well, I believe it if I can see it. But we're spiritually blind without Jesus. So he speaks to us to nurture our faith, to awaken us so that we can see, so that we can begin to see him and sense him more real. Your faith is something that's so powerful that it defines your future. But do you know what I noticed in this passage? Did you notice something? Before they received a miracle, Jesus first gave them a question. He said, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can heal you? So they wanted a miracle. Just give me the miracle. Jesus said, no, first a question. Do you believe that I can heal you? Have you ever felt like you're living with a question? You're asking God questions. Lord, why this? Why now? Why, you know, when I went through a voice struggle years ago, I was asking, why this? Why now? Why here? Why me? Come on, God. You know, almost doubting and questioning Him, but saying, why? Why do I have to go through this? Why this now? And some of you are feeling that. You're experiencing that. You're living with a question. And it's sort of eating away at you. But Jesus said, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can heal you? And I can, you can sense them standing there. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's why we've been following you blindly. I mean, that's why we've been coming after you. Who else can we go to but you? We believe. We believe that you can heal. We believe that you can touch us. We believe that you can answer this prayer. We believe that you can do this, God. Do you believe that I can make you see? Do you believe that I can do this? So think of the thing that you've been asking God to do, that you've been praying about. An illness that you're asking God to remove from you or someone you love. And my wife's in-laws are very sick with uh, the flu bug right now, and they're they're a bit older and really need God's touch. And you might have someone. uh, We we heard about, you know, Teresa and her husband, what they're walking through and other things. Whatever it is that you've been asking God to heal, think about that right now. 
Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Whatever it is you've been believing Him to do in your life, at your work, at school, relationally. Some of you that have been praying, young men that have been praying for the right woman God has for you to marry. Young women that have been praying for the right man God has for you to marry. And you wonder, God, are you hearing me? Jesus would say, do you believe that I can do this for you? Do you believe that I can? Our faith is so important, so important that he said when he walked the earth, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? He loved faith. The Roman centurion's faith amazed him. He loved to see faith. So when the Lord asks us a question, why don't we answer it today as a church? He might say, do you believe that I can use Victory Church to help build my kingdom? And we would say, yes, Lord. Do you believe that God can use Victory Church to help build his kingdom? Yes, Lord, we believe that you can. Do you believe that God can supply every spiritual need that this church has? And we say, yes, Lord, we believe. Do you believe that God can provide every financial need in the house? And we say, yes, Lord, we believe. Do you believe that God can heal every emotional and physical illness in this place? And we say, yes, Lord, we believe. Because faith is not just believing in God. It's believing that He can do anything right here, right now, today, right in this moment. You see, we get so caught up with the past. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. And so many of us, we could sit, and many of you have been through so much. But we can get bound by the past. And we, God, help me with my past. And then we get worried about our future. God, help me with my future. I'm worried about where it's going or what it's going to be. But do you know what Jesus did so often? He dealt with us right now. You know, Mary and Martha, Lazarus had died and Jesus talked about healing and they said, oh, we know one day in the resurrection, he's gonna resurrect with everyone. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I'm right here, right now, ready to resurrect you and him in this moment. Faith is not believing in what God will do or what he could do or has done. It's believing that he can do anything right here, right now. And as I say that, some of you in your spirit, there's like a leap of faith that you feel, that you want to believe God. You want to move towards him. And in a moment when we open these altars, you're going to have an opportunity to do that for someone to pray over you this morning because God cares about your need. As I look at the story, we had Jesus, we had the blind men, we had a major need in their lives, blindness. And there was only one thing missing, and it was faith. Jesus would look at that story. He would walk around. He said, this story has everything that it needs, except it needs one more thing, and that is faith. It just needs faith. Well, uh, April of last year, Pamela and I were doing a couples event up in Long Island. And we were taking a walk with some friends, and we got a telephone call from our daughter, who at that point was uh, about five months pregnant, uh, four or five months pregnant, and she called with some very distressing news. And some of you have heard a little bit about this. I want to tell you a little bit more. She said, uh, talked to her mom and said, Mom, I was, went to the doctor and he's very concerned about the baby. They not only found two, three issues with the baby in the ultrasound, they found five. Bright spots on multiple parts of the body. Uh, the skull size is unusual. Uh, the amniotic fluid isn't flowing correctly, so many things, and, and then later they were urging them to consider getting an abortion. And she and Rick, her husband, they just were in a, put in a very difficult place, and for us it ripped our hearts out because we, we'd always been able to help our little daughter, and now our daughter has a daughter inside of her, and she's overwhelmed, and she's been, her middle name is Joy, literally. And she's always been this joyful kid. And, I, and immediately I'm thinking, God, is this going to affect Kara's faith? Is it going to rob her of her joy? How is she going to deal with this? What is it going to mean? I'm thinking all about the future. God, how is this going to affect their lives? And how is it going to change things? And they've had such a good marriage. And I'm concerned. I know what people go through when they go through these things. And we got people to pray. We just did what we knew to do. We called on Victory Church to pray, other friends, our, our home church here to pray, other people to pray. And we just asked them, please pray, pray. And we got the word out. We're like, don't hide the news. Get, get the prayer request out. And we prayed. And I have to admit to you, so often my faith would wane. And a, God, come on, come on. And on July 5th, she was born. Three pounds, 11 ounces. 
They were so worried about her that they had 12 doctors and nurses in the room at the hospital in Atlanta. And here's a picture. She was in NICU for about 10 days. When she was born, with all these doctors and nurses in the room, they immediately, a couple of them said, oh, she looks perfect. They were shocked. They were amazed. And she continues to grow. You can look at the next. This is a picture of the day after that she had the baby. And then I believe there's another right after this one. You can move ahead. This is the day that she was born. Imagine three pounds, 11 ounces, a little peanut, you know. Uh, we've always had these big babies in our home. And she's like little, little tiny baby. And then the next one. This is her learning how to do the salsa. <laughs> she's got her moves. She's, uh, she's now about uh, 14 pounds, am I right? About 14 pounds. Here's another picture with her brother, Ricky. We have two grandkids, Ricky's two. And this was very soon after she was born. And she's getting her style on now, so you know. <laughs> so God is so good. We give him praise and we give him glory for Nora Joy. We have cried, we have thanked God, because we know, and we know we live, that, that it doesn't always occur like that. But this is a story of God's goodness that we celebrate. We had told ourselves that if this doesn't happen, then our faith has to get ready at a different dimension. And to those of you that have prayed for something, and we've prayed for things that haven't happened before, and your faith has to hold on in the dark and believe God through the challenge. We, we wept over this. You know, Christmas time, when we made our Christmas list, the kids kept saying, Dad, we keep checking the Christmas list. You don't have anything on it. I'm like, this because I already got more than I could ever ask for this year. And I mean, now, Thanksgiving, we're together with them. We've been with them since Christmas time and others. And, and I get to hold her. And every time I hold her, I moved to tears because I feel like I'm holding a miracle. God, you are so powerful what you're, you're able to do. So the only thing that was missing was their faith. Your faith will lead you. Your lack of faith will limit you. Your faith will make you whole. Your lack of faith will tear you apart. Your faith will launch you ahead in life. Your lack of faith will hold you back. You know, there's some people that say, you know, I'm dealing with stuff in my, my life. I just have to get my act together. Got to get my life together. Got to get things together. But you know what we really need to do? To get our faith together. To get our faith together because your faith determines your future. When your faith, that magnet within you is connected to God, then you're connected to the one who can do anything. When you're on your own resisting God, just trying to go on your own, you're very limited. But Jesus said if you have faith like a mustard seed, it's connected to the power of God. So your faith isn't as strong as you are. It's as strong as God is. It's a gift that he gives. Jesus says, don't you see what I'm saying? I'm giving you faith. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is too difficult. Have you understood the power of what I'm telling you? All authority has been given to me, Jesus said. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every demon shall fall, every darkness shall fall, every... Illness shall be healed by the power of God. Faith is so important to Jesus. And it's not a show. It's not a sideshow. It's something inside of you. that can. It's not a magic wand so that you can just get what you want. It's a gift of God so that we can become the people He wants. The people that He's called us to be. And I'm so excited because I know God's going to touch people here today in a beautiful way. Uh, you know, our, our faith magnifies God. Our lack of it magnifies our problems. Faith is called out by the questions that we walk through in life. And you might say, how come all these questions? How come all these questions? You feel like the questions keep working deeper. God, how come it hasn't come yet? But do you know what? Every time you walk through another day of having to trust God, it's like the faith goes down deeper deeper, deeper into the Word of God. The darkest seasons in our lives, Pamela would say this too, have been the most word-rich times in our lives. I can remember seasons where we would send scriptures, text them to each other because of something we were walking through and we're just trying to get some breath above the challenge that we're walking through. 
That's the power of the word. It doesn't just keep hope alive, it keeps faith alive inside of us so that we can serve him, follow him, and trust him. And I believe there are people here that are trusting God for something. And you say, you know, I believe in God. And I believe God. I do believe God that he's able to do anything. But faith believes that God can do anything right here and right now. Do you believe that? In Jesus' name, right here, right now, do you believe that he can do anything? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, we believe that you're here and our trust is not in us. Our trust is not in any people or mechanisms that we have. It's not in any systems or anything that we have directed or overseen. It's in you. Our hope is in the Lord God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the healer, the creator, the designer, the miracle worker. We put our hope in you. We are nothing without you. We are lost without you. We are empty without you. But in this moment, we are desperate for you. Lord, you see, you look all over this this place and you see every need. You see every grandmother and the need that she's carrying in her heart. You see every teenager and the dream and the prayer that they're praying about. You see every man and the fear and the worry that it's so hard to admit to because he's a man and he's, he's feeling overwhelmed and he needs you. You see every need, a person that's dealing with a chronic illness or a struggle in their life. Lord, you see every financial need and worry in the room. You know them all. In an instant, you see them. You are here. And yet you are the all in all. The most important healing we ever experience is a spiritual healing. That's the one that I experienced at Myrtle Beach as an almost 16-year-old. And it changed my life forever. Asking God into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior, to remove my sins, to be my friend every day, to live in my life. And I would never want to live any other way. If you're here and you don't know Jesus or you feel distant from him, you feel distant from God, he wants you to feel the very opposite, to be close to God. If you want to open your life to Jesus and experience spiritual healing, we're going to pray with you right where you are, with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want to get closer to God and you need that in your life, receiving Jesus, more of him, Raise your hand right where you are. Just lift it right up and down. Right up and down, right where you are. God bless you. Right up and down. We're going to wait just another minute. Right up and then right down again, a number of you. Now wait just another minute. Put your hand right up and right down. Now, I'm going to invite all of us here as we're praying to repeat this prayer of commitment or recommitment to Jesus right after me. Dear God, I need you in my life. I am lost without you. You are everything I need. Forgive me of my sin of living life my way, not yours. I give my life to you, past, present, and future. Come and live in me. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to pray. That's the most important healing that there is. The most important healing is that one that goes on in the depths of your soul because it will guide you. He will guide you into every other need. Now, there are those of you that all through this sermon, you have felt so prompted that there's something God wants to heal you of or deliver you from or help you with or walk you through or guide you in. If that's you, without hesitation, just stand to your feet right where you are. I need a touch from God today. I need a healing. My faith is causing me to believe that he can do anything right here, right now, not a year from now, but that he's able right now. Just stand right to your feet. Just believe him. In your heart, just believe him. You can trust him. Jesus asked the blind man, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe it? If you believe it, just stand. Just stand. Just stand. Praise God. We're not looking for how many. We just want to make sure everybody who's hungry for a healing stands. Just stand. God bless you. Jesus sees these needs. And we have people that are coming to the front, some that are here with us, leaders, small group leaders, and those of you that are in any role of leadership, just walk with us through this as we'll, we will need people to pray over others. But what we're going to do, Jesus touched the blind men, and the Bible says suddenly they were healed. We're going to lay hands on you, just touch you on the head or the shoulder, and we're going to believe that God will bring instant healing and answers to prayer for you. So just come as we worship God. Get right out from where you come and let someone pray with you. A prayer of faith, a prayer of believing God to touch and to heal you today.
Hallelujah. There's a beautiful spirit in this place, spirit of healing. You know, from before the time we got here this morning, God was anticipating this time with you. The Holy Spirit, just like he brooded over the earth, he broods over our lives, looking for the needs to comfort and to heal and to strengthen. Jesus said, when the spirit comes, you're going to have a helper. And he's here. He's here to heal and to help us. And we're going to take our time to pray. Those of you that haven't been prayed for yet, just continue to wait. We're going to pray with you. But we just want to praise God for his presence, for his love. All of you that are seated, would you stand? You know, there's something about healing. When God heals you, you want to see other people healed. When God blesses you, 
when it's a blessing from Him, we want to see other people blessed. When God saves us, we want to see other people saved. It's like a river. It's a river that God puts within us. And the beautiful thing is, you, you know how it is sometimes when you like bump into somebody from church at Publix? You know what I'm saying? Like in the produce aisle, you bump into somebody from Publix, and you're like, oh, wow, these are like two different worlds coming together. My, my life at church and my life at the grocery store. <laughs> and it can seem a little weird for a minute. And we're like, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? And somebody might say, well, just got some difficult news about my mom. She's not doing too well. And you know, we, we sort of in that moment have a choice to make. We say, hey man, sorry to hear it, but you take care, I'm gonna be praying for you. And we move. But you know what, I never see Jesus doing that. I never see Jesus saying, I'm gonna add it to my prayer list. But I see Jesus saying, I wanna help you right here, right now. And even if the healing comes later, I still wanna be here with you right here, right now. So in that moment, I'm not saying have a Pentecostal breakdown meeting in Publix, you know, but I am saying you might want to say, you know, as we just stand here, could I just take a minute just to pray for you? Say, God, would you, and even Lou, you don't even have to close your eyes. God, would you just touch my friend and help, help their mom right now? Just help them right now, God. Send your word and heal them right now. What I'm saying is, God gives to us and we come and we receive healing and I can't wait to hear about the things God's done in people's lives this morning here as you believed him in the right here and right now. But now the exciting thing is we get to take the healing of God out of here like a river into, the, into Lakeland and the people that we meet, our friends, our neighbors, people that we see going through struggles and we get to be agents of healing for the glory of God, not pointing them to us, pointing them to him pointing them to the true healer, the Lord of lords, the Lord our healer. Can we give him praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you for your spirit among us today. I know that Victory Church and Pastor Wayne, Pastor Dan, the Pastor Jeff over at the uh, Cobb, they have just been believing you during this series for healings and for a touch of God. We know that healings are happening here today. They're happening at a victory at the Cobb and in other ways. And during this miracle series, you love us so much that you heal us, you help us. Lord, would you now help us to go out of here experiencing your healing and looking for ways to bring the healer, the healing, the grace, the love of Jesus to this world around us. Let healing rivers flow out of victory in a mighty way. We praise you for the ways that they already do. Let the current just continue to increase. Let the county be continually transformed by the power of your life-giving spirit. And we believe you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. so turn to somebody and say, be healed and help others be healed. Reach my hands to the Lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock and my healer. I trust in.